I'm going to record this for the show. Okay, okay, okay. please, please, please. All right, do. so we're recording right now. Okay, so what I'm saying is Titans, it's a live action Teen Titans. It's on HBO Max. It's not a good show. No. But I, I do hate watch it. And I, I but here's the thing. The foundational principle of Titans and the thing that I really appreciate about it is the, the basic premise of the show is that Bruce Wayne is a dick. And once you sort of wrap your head around Bruce Wayne being this horrible, manipulative dick who like yeah. grooms these teenagers to become violent assistants to help him work out his daddy issues like <laughs> instead of using his billions in wealth to like solve homelessness in gotham you know like you you the foundational principle is like hurt people hurt people you know so uh -huh. bruce wayne is terrible Bruce Wayne is awful in, in to Titans. To be fair, anyone who grew up in the 90s and watched Batman Beyond kind of yeah, already good, knew good pull. that. I, I'll <laughs> even say this. I mean, so so the protagonist of the show is Dick Grayson, and Dick's got issues. There's there's dick issues on this show. Like, like there's major, some major dick issues. There's big dick issues. There's also tiny dick issues. But Bruce there, Wayne always has that big dick energy about him. Does he, though? Does he, though? <laughs> she I means mean, big dick issues energy. Big dick issues. Okay, that that makes a little more sense. That's what right? I meant to say. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, essentially, Batman is a superhero who has no superpowers, who devotes all of his time and millions of dollars into research to make him more of a badass. So he, instead of going to therapy, Batman is an allegory for how far men are willing to go to avoid going to therapy, and that's sort of the irony of Batman Forever is that Bruce Wayne is seeing a therapist. You know, I mean, romantically, of course, because he's, he's, you know, doing therapy with his dick, mm -hmm. you know, as only, you know, Bruce Wayne can do. You are all weirdos. Hello, weirdo. Hello, weirdo. Hello, weirdo. Welcome to this week's episode of You Are All Weirdos. This week, us three weirdos are going to be discussing fun employment. We revisit our respective individual Woo! joblessness situations, and we're going to talk about how we stay positive by putting the fun in fun employment. Fun uh, we're employment. Also Unemployment. Uh, I think doing this podcast is a byproduct of us uh, experiencing our, our, our fun employment era. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about sort of how uh, the things that make us weirdos, such as uh, training in theater, uh, how that's translated into like actual real world uh, job skills. Uh, and just for the listener at home, just as a quick disclaimer, you know, we're not going to mention like specific companies we've worked at or individuals we're going to try and keep this you know as generic as possible to protect the innocent the names have been changed to protect the innocent this is dun, dun. Uh, that is my very contemporary dragnet reference that i'm making in the year 2023 thank you very I much i updated it with my law and order reference uh, underneath you so there I, dun, I dun. exactly 
You guys make this sound so morbid. We're all uh, in great places. None of us are like holding any like dun dun feelings right now. That's true. We're in fun employment because we all made choices to to better our uh, personal true. lives and for our you know bails for your family. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and and so we're all we're all fun employed. Because life is bigger than, you know, one decision. It's mm-hmm. a series of decisions and we're all doing our best to to map out productivity and positivity and happiness and fucking good choices. Yep, because life is bigger than a job and your job should not define you. No. You got to work to live. Don't live to work, baby. Exactly. Like I said, accept work for what it is. Uh, and and let the rest of your life be the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, work life balance is a really important thing. I think that's something everybody looks for to uh, to a certain degree. Yeah, and I feel uh, like it's one of those things that's been um, said so much recently that people are like, work life balance. That's not a thing. But it's true. Like, it's necessary, and I think that should have been one of the lessons of the pandemic is how important work-life balance is because exactly. suddenly millions of people were working from home, uh, and if you didn't have experience doing that, working remotely, it's a challenging transition. Now, just me in my career, I had been working remotely for you know out-of-state companies since 2007. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like to joke that I was working from home before it was cool, man. Yay. You know, but uh, but suddenly everybody's hipster. doing it. Yeah, totally, totally. Career hipster, absolutely. Um, that's professional hipster <laughs> to you, sir. How, um, many work, to you. how many work from home employees does it take to change a light bulb? Uh... <laughs> Does it matter? They're not really working. No. <laughs> yeah, how many how many does it take, Thomas? You don't know? I mean, I'd do it myself. It takes one. But <sighs> Are we gonna compare light bulb jokes? <laughs> I don't know. I He's like busted them out. He, this is not <laughs> his first light bulb joke on the pod. It's so. a really obscure number. You've probably never heard of it. I like ah, that. Ah, there we go. I like that. I like that. Um, what is the uh, standard unit of measurement for hipsters? Again, you don't know? Yeah. No, you know what it is? They they, they measure in Instagrams. Oh. hey Oh, dad joke alert, man. Yeah, yeah. Woo. Yo, can hey. we get a dad joke drop? Oh man! Fun one for where, 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 Hey, joke. there's only one dad on here. <laughs> yeah, but I rock some dad jokes. Dude. Oh, you do, it's... you do. It's true. You oh, you're a corny motherfucker, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. I've I, I've been ready for my grandpa chair for thirty <laughs> years. Oh man, see, and that's the thing. I hate puns. <laughs> like I hate them, and Tim will like throw one at me and run out of the room, and I'm like, that's it. Like he's lobbing a pun grenade and just seeking cover? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) He'll get so proud of me when he lands one on me, and I'm just like, God damn it. Yeah. That was funny, but God damn it. (laughs) Yeah, my my sister's the same way, but she she doesn't run for cover. She's very bold and proud of her pun game. Oh, God. (laughs) Yes, there you go. Yes, the pun and She's America's favorite pundit. Yes, that's that's my Let's sister. Let's not See, take again, too much time that, pontificating. 
Oh. Okay. On on that Go note. For the worst. On 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 that note, Thomas. We. Well, Bales, we had different experiences uh, given our lines of work. Yeah. Uh, headed into the pandemic, uh, while a lot of people got used to going home and learning how to work in the way you have uh, for a bunch of years, there were other groups of us who uh, were continuing to work, and I stayed. Uh, I ended up working more hours and uh, needing to put in more time to um, help my business. Um, yeah, and 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 just for the listener, you were working face to face with the public during COVID. Oh yeah, well, like you know, face to face, six feet apart, with masks on, and uh, you know plexiglass series of plexiglass in between us one way or the other um trying to help people as best we can um but the the biggest the biggest thing that i felt going into the shelter in place was not i did not have an understanding of what now for frankly like not only myself but like what now for the rest of the world my aunt lives in australia she happened to have a trip planned stateside right before the pandemic um she landed and the next day the shelter in place uh, was announced oh wow and so she had to find a way to turn back around and go back to australia before go home before the country her country closed uh, and it became impossible. So, like, there was a whole bunch of what's next. And for me, we always, the three of us discuss a lot, like, you know, kind of just personality types. Like, for me, I dove into work and I tried to make the work as smooth as I could for my my team. I tried to make it as helpful as it could be and provide uh, good service for the folks I was helping um, and you just keep going until you can't sometimes but in terms of work-life balance um, you start to be challenged in finding uh, slowdown time when you go 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 and I know Stan uh, you got to a place similar That's to me, me in hitting that go 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 and then needing to take a look and reevaluate your own situation um, mm -hmm. I, I i got so far into that go 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 that i just needed time to recalibrate myself um, which is what led to my fun employment um, and you had that same uh evaluation <laughs> i mean we like you and I had very similar paths um, of the pandemic because uh, when the shutdown hit, we were uh, in the middle of our first week of, I think, Bay Area Music. I, I was a production, I was a, a box office manager for uh, Bay Area Musicals. Uh, we were in the middle of our show. We're wiping down, like, hand rests in the theater. 
we're sanitizing every you know cloth surface that we can because all the seats are cloth we're just trying to keep going until because all of our all the money is already invested into the next performance that we have coming up down the line right um and it was it was this crazy like countdown working a box office everybody's like calling in to see if there's tickets still valid and i'm just like i don't know i'm trying to figure that out but please don't please don't ask for a refund because we're only a 501c and then three days later after that whole fiasco i get a call from the you know owner of the company saying uh i can't i can't afford to keep you on anymore and the company folded right then and there so Brutal. I had this weird, Super like, yeah. And so I had this weird moment in my life of like, I've never, I personally had never been laid off before. So I never knew how to like survive that. And I might get a little teary. I just FYI. So right. bear with me. Just let me do it. Um, so, We're with you, girl. We're here yeah, for you, Stan. Yeah. No, I just. We're I your boys. Um, so I had this weird period in my life where i never been unemployed like that before. I've always had a plan in place. Uh, so I heard Thomas was hiring at his store, and I was like, holy shit, my friend has a job. I, I, I need to grab onto that because I know my buddy Thomas will keep me safe. And it was this weird kind of like go, go, go mentality that made me go get the first thing that I needed to keep me survive. Even though like we like Tim waited and he got like this you know, the the money, the stimulus, no, the unemployment stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like he he's always joking about like, you didn't even wait for free money. Like what's your deal? <laughs> but that Hustling. It's that hustle, right? It's that, like, gig. For me, a gig, you know, I always had a gig down the line. I always had a, you know, if I don't have something right now, I've got something three months or six months from now at least, right? So I'll be yeah, fine. Yeah. And then just not having that net at all just tripped me out. Yeah. And then that's that same. Yeah. In that same way, dude, like we, the, you know, just to add to that, you and I have always had our day jobs and then the things that we also do for money, like little, you know, for me, it's uh, handyman or projects and things of that right. ilk. And you got your own hustle. So there's always like that steady thing and that thing coming up and that thing that you're working on that might yeah. be after that just it, it's it's do 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 and go 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 and uh i think also a part of that comes from you know us being when we were younger you just realize what money gets and what not having money doesn't get and yeah. so you like work hard to not put yourself in that effed corner yeah right um because part so of it you just too, go 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 do yeah because part of it too was like you know, t Tim and I always share the major finances, but, like, there are certain things that I like to purchase myself and not having that ability to, like, just pay for yeah. the things. The you stuff. The you stuff, exactly. Yeah. So that's not, 
it's not on your it's not on your hubby to make sure you can grab that like you know game you decide you want to play or like that coffee you feel like grabbing you know like exactly. just the simple things totally totally so yeah it was just it it going to you essentially and saying please please give me a job was like such a relief not to mention too that like i don't think tim and i or my husband and i would have really like wanted to be stuck in that tiny tiny apartment of ours (laughs) together during the shutdown all the time so just having that like release during a day you know not the greatest job in the world let's be honest but just having that ability to like break apart for a couple hours a day and then go back later was such a good release rather than just being cooped up all the time and waiting on like stimmy checks two of you on top of one another being told by the government to stay inside right waiting waiting on the quote-unquote free money where you know that after all of this is said and done the value of a dollar has gone down significantly Uh, (laughs) it's like and thomas is the king of lingual tender let me tell you but you know for for the listeners um I I got to manage an essential business through the uh, through the pandemic uh, before and 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 quote unquote after or in the uh, you know time after shelter in place had ended. And, yeah, uh, it's not post COVID. It's since COVID. Since COVID. Thank yeah. you. That's the that's the phrasing. Since um, COVID. Thank you. And, and and so it 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 was really tough working it was- with the public um for listen uh, retail is hard i mean i I think (laughs) i can be so bold as to say retail is hard enough as it is in the best of times yeah but then throw the pandemic on top of that when you're the only game in town for paper products essentially you know everybody needed toilet paper everybody needed toilet paper and then how much toilet paper did we end up with afterwards? You know, like, like yeah. that's the part of that sure. pandemic uh, bell curve that nobody realizes as a consumer, in my opinion, is like, yeah. yeah. And then once things settled down, there was nothing but fucking toilet paper everywhere because we all had to mass produce this shit. I think uh, retail versus pandemic retail is kind of like going from, you know, the suspense thriller genre into the full on blood and guts horror, you know, genre. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I got a fun one Um, since we're since we're having our little pandemic ventilation system going. Let's do it. Um, And and Bales, I'm going to rope us back towards your point. You know, you had made mention about all three of us having good theater backgrounds. And I feel so fortunate for the two of you to continue to be uh, theater folks uh, that I get to surround myself with. Um, But we we all learned uh, how to present ourselves in a thought through and tactful way as we approach characters on stage for an audience that needs to get the whole story um, and we want to give them an experience that is uh, true to the world we are creating uh, for them to enjoy 
Um, yeah. So there comes with that a lot of research and time and energy that we put into understanding not only the mentality of our character and those that the character is interacting with and who else exists in the world, but also like what the audience is picking up on, right? It It's a different audience when you do a show at a major 500 seat stage uh, versus, uh, you know, a 50 seat black box theater as yeah. an example. And we all talk about know your audience. Yes. That is something that I have taken mm-hmm. with me into the real world, into the professional world. So with that in mind, there's also a level of understanding that people are always watching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially in retail, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially in management. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. So, so with that in mind... There are certain standards that the city and county set during shelter in place uh, in terms of the expectations of businesses to allow uh, the safety not only of our employees, but the customers coming in um, and so on and so forth. And so, you know, six feet apart, appropriate masking, etc. There was an occasion where a gentleman came in without his masks yelling uh, at the person who was uh, telling them that it was a requirement prior to entering the store. Mm -hmm. Then he put on a mask with some grumpiness about it and he walks around the store and he takes the mask down and he's talking and he's like starts to come towards these ladies who are waiting in line and they have their like six feet apart thing. They're, They're just trying to abide by what's being asked of them so everybody can have a safe and easy and pleasant like and productive experience out in public during these weird and uh, challenging unpredictable times like we were still learning every week we learned something new right like Mm -hmm. um so this guy is making these women uncomfortable he's like in their space he has his mask down he decides to grab some jelly beads off of the uh, off of one of the hooks and starts eating them while he's like trying to wait in line and I go up and I see him and I said, oh Sir uh, Dude. Mind you, I had already like asked him to keep his mask up and like be <laughs> mindful of the folks around him and I tried to ask him if he needed any help and he didn't want any help but now I'm coming to him for a second time and I'm like, Sir, you have to keep your mask on, which means you absolutely cannot be eating in here. Um, you're standing too close to these women. Look at their faces. They are very concerned and have asked you to move. Um, so, like, I need you to either hop in line with the six foot. Like, we had taped marks on the floor. I'm like, you either got to hop in line and go stand on that X <laughs> with your mask on and keep your mask on until uh, until you've left the premises. Or, like, I'll have to ask you to leave. Uh, and the guy throws the fucking jelly beans at me. Oh, jeez. screaming, gets in my face, calls me all sorts of names. Um, the two of you, the, the two of you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty even keeled. I'm pretty, um, uh, yeah. A- yeah. able to hold myself together. That said, when I lose it, it can be, I'm not a small person. Uh, and so, <laughs> 
You can be it an looks, intimidating. It MF. can look different, right? Like it, it gets different. Oh, yeah. um, so, so this guy had done that, and he ended up like the the ladies who had asked him to move in the first place had thanked me when I first asked him to move, but now they're freaking out because the dude just fucking threw the jelly beans, and like there's there's a lot of activity happening on a Tuesday late afternoon. Yeah, you know what I mean? what's he what's he saying when he's throwing the jelly beans? I'm just curious. What what's he saying? Is he just yelling stuff, or what's he doing? Oh, literally, he he's mouthing off. He's going, fuck you, you stupid motherfucker. I'll do what I want. Like, this is all bullshit. People are telling wow. you what to do. We don't need the fucking masks. I'm here standing, minding my own business, trying to fucking shop. And these ladies, da-da-da-da-da. So, and how early um, in the pandemic was this? Was this, like, right after oh, the... This- this was like when they started the the limiting of you know when the requiring of masks indoors, and then mm. they started having like lim, uh, uh, um, the the six feet. So we're talking maybe a month, maybe a few weeks into it, right? Like it wasn't sure. too long into it. Sure. Okay. Uh, but yeah. it was far enough in where our store had a rhythm and a system, and we were good, right? Like, everything yeah. was fine except for this one dude who just decided that he didn't want to play by the rules. And it's like, it's not my rules, dude. Like, these are these are what the city and county are telling you. You mm-hmm. must do if you would like to be here. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and all these people around you, you're in fact, like, come on, man. So, dude. Like, read the room, bro. Like... You're, yeah. dude, you're the one making this an issue. <laughs> so so dude storms out, knocks some shit off some shelves uh, on his way out with the cool. like son of a bitches. So I decide that I'm going to make sure I get a picture of, of this guy so he's not welcome back in. Uh, so I followed him out. He was walking down the, the street and I say, excuse me, sir. And he turned around on his back foot and I took a picture of him. Uh, but I, while I'm taking a picture and he's spinning, he sees me and he goes, oh, yeah, you want some motherfucker? And oh, shit. takes a swing at me. No. And so, <laughs> so I move back and I, I tell him. Oh, yeah. I don't know that. <laughs> I don't think you told me this one. Oh, dude. This was like this was like primo. Uh, he takes <sighs> a fucking swing at me. And I'm like, sir, you do not want to do that. Uh, our buddy will. Who's known me a long time, and Will uh, is a dude not to be trifled with. Like, just to be clear, he's sitting outside working, and he looks and he sees me, and he goes, "Yes, sir, you definitely don't want to do that." <laughs> the guy, <laughs> Will's just laughing, like, "Please save yourself, bro." Don't um, don't make this a bigger thing than it is, sir. And, and, sir, and you I, don't want me to wish a motherfucker would, please. <laughs> and I, yo. One of the best, you know, one of the best bits ever, bro. Like, I always was like, yeah, no, nah, we wish a motherfucker would. That that, <laughs> that makes perfect sense right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get my picture after he took a swig at me. And I said, you're not welcome back in the store. And he goes, let's go, motherfucker. Let's go. And I'm looking at Will and I'm smiling because he's starting to piss me off. <laughs> And he just... Oh, now he's starting to. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm starting to feel, like, justified in this moment now, right? Like, I'm starting to work myself up. Like, he already done swung at me. We're in public. Everybody, uh, several people saw him swing at me. So if I just knock him out right now, it wouldn't be a problem. I could could call the police shortly after. 
have him come here, pick his ass up. It'll be fine, right? This this older woman who is a regular customer, she comes by and she goes, now boys, boys, settle down. And, and I loved it so much. I was so calmed and smitten by it. That lady was on yard duty. Yeah, dude, it you was, do not mess with the yard so lady, good. Glinda. It was so good. Um, and and the entire time, and, and, and including when she hit me with those words, I could feel the audience of the entire very busy street. I can imagine. Looking at me, I'm very recognizable in this particular block like i've worked there many a moons mm-hmm. um and i just realized that i need to know my audience i need to be aware of my audience and i need to behave and act mm-hmm. accordingly presence yeah. of mind and i'll tell you man if i didn't get theater i wouldn't have gotten those things yeah, yeah, the discipline that you need in a moment like that. Because that's a high-pressure situation with a bunch of eyeballs on you. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and, and really self-awareness of, of like, oh, wow, I am acting. I, I'm, I might have a- actions and consequences later. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. being able to understand that. Well, like, what's helped you guys become uh, more self-aware uh, I mean, I I know theater has absolutely absolutely brought your self perspective and like not in a bashy kind of way, just in an accurate kind mm-hmm. of way. Like I tend to be irritable when I'm hungry, so if I start feeling myself uh, sounding or thinking a little bitchier, maybe I should you know mm-hmm. grab an apple. Uh, so what what for you guys? I mean, what what else has have those theater skills um, help you foster that's helped you uh, in this adult reality, real world, professional life? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a few things. I mean, I think yeah. one of the things that, that theater teaches you is collaboration with others. It's something that you, you know, you have to be able to work with your scene partner. You have to be able to work with your coworkers. Understanding your audience is a big thing, too, because, you know, in, in my career, I have mostly worked in sales. I worked, uh, my work has mostly been in a very niche, very specialized industry, but a lot of my clients in that industry were theaters and theaters all over the country. So my theater experience very specifically informed a lot of the things that I could talk about with people, right? Um, And for me, you know, my uh, industry was very uniquely affected by the pandemic. Uh, So I uh, I got furloughed. Uh, for about three months, kind of during the height of the pandemic. And I didn't know... How'd that land with you, man? You know, I didn't know when or if I was coming back. I mean, I felt like... Given the state of the world at the time, the the joke I would make to my wife is, you know, like I felt like my skills were obsolete. You know, I felt like, oh my God, I'm like the world's greatest VCR repairman. You know, (laughs) like I'm I'm the best (laughs) in the world at what I do, but what I do is not necessary at all. There's no space for it, right? Hey man, Blockbuster's making a comeback. Oh my God. So... (laughs) 
Yes. So I will tell you, I mean, when I, I definitely during the three months, and I thought it was going to be much longer that I was furloughed. I mean, I was depressed. I saw so many people in my industry lose their jobs and many of them never made it back into the industry post reopening. Uh, but I mean, I spent those three months, let me tell you, I played a lot of video games during that time, <laughs> a lot, um, and uh, you know I, I played through all of Horizon Zero Dawn. Like that should tell you I all you need them to hours, know. Bro, oh, them hours, bro. Oh my god. Dude. Oh my god. And play play better games. Play games that I play. Come on. I love that game. You shut your mouth. You, <laughs> you know what? There will Tim be no besmirchment of, of Aloy and her her crew on on this show. No. You, you know what's funny? is Tim loved those games, but I didn't really like them. <laughs> what is wrong you, with you? You and Tim should should have it out with... Oh, with, uh, oh, with I will yeah. do a yeah. deep dive on the Horizon mm-hmm. series with your husband any time. I'll try I, to see if I can book him on the oh show. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I, I love the second game too, if especially all the post-apocalyptic San Francisco who stuff. Can, who, who can leave comments... Uh, at this time, I want you to comment on whether or not you want to hear anything else about Horizon. <laughs> I'm kidding, dude. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You yeah. got you got in your video time. You're yeah, I did. Alone. You're trying to get. And, and, look, to get and I think, look, so you so headed? you know, the uh, joblessness. I mean, especially during the pandemic, uh, very different when you have a kid. You know, and, and I think that um, yeah, one thing man. I've said to, to fellow parents, and I think this is kind of a universal thing, is um, the age of your children during the height of the pandemic sort of determined the very specific problems that you had. Mm-hmm. So, for example, parents with younger kids were dealing with sort of different, like, lack of socialization issues and things like that. Like, like I've talked to parents who have gone through the phenomenon known as Zoom kindergarten, which to me is such an oxymoron, but it was a thing. And those kids are now in, like, what, yeah. third grade, I think? Uh, oh, wow. And there's going to be, like, yeah, yeah. And I mean, huh. I think that there's just going to continue, it might be second grade, actually, but second or third that grade, depending. Sense. But But uh, the the idea is, like, if you had older kids, so, you know, for my daughter, the pandemic hit uh, right at the tail end of eighth grade for her. So her uh, middle school class didn't get to have their graduation. They didn't get to walk the stage. And then they started high school virtually, uh, which is a terror. I mean, starting high school is complicated enough on its own yeah. in person that transition and when you're doing it on on zoom and, and with all these you know it's a new technique i mean it it was uh, the learning loss the socialization loss like these kids who are now getting ready to graduate uh mm-hmm. high school you know so yeah my math is right the kindergartners would be third graders so yeah mm-hmm. so you know and now she's a senior and she's got this graduating class all of whom went through their freshman year this way uh and it's it, i just really you you have instant empathy for the kids because we can't understand what it's like to experience that through their eyes right you know we can relate to our you know time in high school which was before social media and cell phones i mean right. imagine going through middle school in the thank age of instagram god dude oh my thank god thank god oh man oh. i would have gotten in so much trouble man Ugh. i <laughs> because i think of the pictures that i know about right oh, man. and 
Right? And then and then you think about the ones that you don't know about, and then you think about the ones that you wouldn't have like you wouldn't have known about if it just went on the fucking internet. Yeah, because some instantly. other kid would video you oh, doing dude. something stupid. You know, you hit me up at eight eight eight. You're fucked. <laughs> Seriously, man. I remember because when I was a kid, I I like somehow got a hold of just a cool camera, and we saw shot some weird stuff. But it was one of those handhelds that like you couldn't really do anything with. Thank God I couldn't upload that with shit. Tapes, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah, it had like a like, D eight or me. You had to put the tape into the tape to watch the tape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it was you need like a whole lot of hardware. The barrier DVI. to entry in in those days in analog uh, home video, yeah, yeah. very different. Yeah. If we have now. any, if we have any listeners who don't know what a tape is, before MP3s. Oh, oh my god. god. Okay. Anyway, I'll stop. But, I'll stop. but yeah, yeah, no, yeah. just all right. So for me, I think you know, sort of the recovery because of the way my industry was affected. Understand, like you said, you know, reading the room, understanding your audience, speaking the language, right? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, because I was on the sales side of things so much, it's like I think the greatest strength you can have in a career in sales is empathy. You've got to be able mm-hmm. to understand someone is buying something from you in order to solve a problem. It's not about you being so slick in sales and convincing them to buy something. They're coming to you to solve a problem. And if you understand their problem and they feel seen and understood, they're going to want to do business with you. And I think that having sort of that understanding was a real strength for me. And, and, and I'll say this, you know, I came back to work in August of 2020, so pre-vaccine, you know, but I went from that time up until I I left the company I was at uh, earlier this year, that stretch of almost three years kind of helping the industry recover and the client base get back on their Mm -hmm. feet. That is the stretch of my professional career that I am most proud of uh, because I feel like I did some really incredible work uh, at that time. And that's something that, you know, no matter what happens next for me professionally, work-wise, no one can ever take that away from me, what I accomplished in that time. And it's something that's, that, yeah, I'm always going to hang my head high about that. Always. Bales, let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, let, let, let me ask you this. So at some point in your return to work, you had a component of returning to an in-person event. Um, I did not have the experience of returning to people because I didn't leave people. So what was what was that part for you returning to in in person, returning to, face-to-face with people. Well, you know, it's interesting because um, I... The Zoom thing carried on in an interesting way in my industry because you ended up with um, Zoom conventions that were normally in person. So I actually I actually got to introduce... Tim did um, a couple of those, actually. Yeah, yeah. so I, I attended a couple of virtual conferences. I actually got to introduce um, a keynote speaker uh, at a, a virtual conference from the comfort of my living room, which was uh, interesting. Um, so I never got to meet the speaker or the person, you know, holding the panel with the when, speaker. When doing that formal, wonderful introduction, 
Bales. It was were wonderful. You wearing pants. <laughs> I was wearing sweatpants. Yes. Okay. That I was works. wearing a dress shirt with sweatpants on on my old couch. Um, but getting the lighting right in my living room for that, yeah, yeah, there there were a lot of components. I learned how to use a ring light all of a sudden, very effectively. Everybody had to. I know. Everybody I know. had to. <laughs> and then, and then, so then, the first like in person conference that I went to, uh, which was masked and more or less distance and attendance was way down naturally but i mean so getting on a plane and going and flying and and flying during covid sucked uh at this point at this point that conference was early in 2022 so it had gotten a little better we had vaccines at that point you know but i flew to memphis uh for a convention and it was all masked uh, mm-hmm. And there were definitely people, because uh, there were a lot of theater people at this conference. And I actually think that that's sort of the most conscientious group you could have if you're going to have a bunch of people masked together at an event, you know? Probably, dude. Yeah. 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 And I think the there, other thing. That, that, that level of, of consideration beyond themselves is like really big with theater people. And I think, again, it's that core strength of empathy, you know, that uh, I think mm-hmm. most theater folks have, with a few notable exceptions. Um, <coughs> where do I, name drop. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <coughs> Kevin Spacey. <coughs> oh, well, oh. Um, well, well, that's just a fuck that guy. I mean, come on. Yeah. I can't watch any of my favorite movies anymore because of that I'm motherfucker. I'm so sad that I can't like him anymore. You, I, you I ruined it. I, I hate that I can't watch The Usual Suspects anymore. I I hate it. Yeah, I can watch it, but not for him. No. Well, and even like Seven, I can't enjoy on the same level. Like, that fucked up movie, you know? Mm -hmm. It's true. (laughs) It's true. Out of all the fucked upness, Kevin Spacey somehow is the most fucked up, even more so. (laughs) Yeah, I I actually think that that might lend even more credibility to the creepiness of John Doe uh, if I rewatched it. But that's 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 a that's a did you get the thing I sent you for all of us at at a different time? Ooh, buddy. Oh boy. Yeah, but um. Anyway, so yeah, so so tying it back, you know, so for me, this job that I was at. I had been at this company. I, I, I started there. I was there overall for 12 years. And I started there when it was really more of like a small family-owned business. Uh, we built it up. Uh, it was sold. It was acquired by a parent company. Um, you know, and uh, short, it was actually acquired um, less than a year before uh, COVID. Uh, and that turned out to be the best thing for sort of keeping the lights on, if you will, because I think that if it was still a family-owned business, it probably wouldn't have survived COVID. It had that deeper backing from the parent company. Um, and when I came nice. back, we were able to do a lot of really cool things. But I think ultimately the risk uh, of how the pandemic sort of uniquely affected this particular industry. The parent company, I think, kind of changed their mind a little bit about their approach to this wing of the business. Uh, And that's, you know, after a few years, I got kind of frustrated with that sort of 
differential in perspective, if you will. Uh, so I made the decision uh, to leave that job. Uh, it was actually the the third time in my career uh, that I had been poached by a competitor. Uh, which, I mean, most people are lucky if they get poached once. I've had it happen three times. I've been very blessed in that regard, you know. But after you got poached, uh, as, you're, as you said, it ended up not working out there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a real kick in the teeth, you know. Yeah, and now we're all unemployed. Fun employed. Hey! Mmm, Bales, this is a good cup. Where'd you uh what, what kind of coffee you got in here? Oh man, this is some delicious uh coffee from our friends at Henry's House of Coffee. And uh hey Thomas, guess what? I gotta let you know a little secret, okay? Our friends okay. over at Henry's House of Coffee, those guys, mm. they are right now offering an exclusive discount for listeners of this show. They're gonna give us a promo code for fifteen percent off. Can you believe it? Really? 15% for us? Yeah, just for us and our good friends that listen to this podcast. So right now, you can go to henryshouseofcoffee.com or download the Henry's House of Coffee app and use promo code WEIRDO, that's W-E-I-R-D-O, for a 15% discount. 15% discount for weirdos. Weirdo, right. give me a top off. Discover the rich taste of tradition with Henry's House of Coffee, a San Francisco family-based business for three generations since 1965. They roast dark, smooth, never-bitter coffee. Visit henryshouseofcoffee.com and experience the legacy in every cup with Henry's House of Coffee. You know, Stan, we didn't get to hear some of the specifics from you about how theater has brought forth some skills that you have used i mean you have predominantly gotten to continue working in theater Mm -hmm. um so obviously the way that you learned them applying (laughs) in that way but what what are some of those things that you really cherish or really help you out real world yeah i mean in real world a lot of my like you know my my steady hustles my jobs were uh customer service based which um, uh, is really helpful when uh, you know how to, like, kind of empathize immediately with somebody to... Customer service has this weird kind of teaching about um, just knowing where the other person is coming from right away, essentially. Empathy. Empathy, yeah. Yeah, Uh, sales... Sales and customer service and theater and right. frankly and, and psychology. Tell us and the difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that the joke why every actor is a waiter? Yeah. Right? Exactly. Like that's it's an easy gig to get when you're trying to become an actor. Um That and the schedule, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, well there's that. Uh but I, I I do feel like um a certain part of me um always says if if there was like a way to get like forced customer service into our society, right? Like how some countries have a a, an, a draft right after you go into college. Yeah, or if required have, service or something like that. Required yeah, yeah. customer service. I genuinely feel like 
people would be way more understanding of each other's intentions and feelings and not be dicks to one another. Yeah, I, I think everyone should have to work retail at some point in their lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's a character-building exercise. It could be a national character-building. In, 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 which... in President Stan's America, everyone has to work retail at least once. Yeah. <laughs> of which we are not comparing to serving in the military. No, 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 no. Just no. to be clear, uh, yeah. Just to Let's be clear. Let's be extremely clear on that. <laughs> That's, yeah, that, that, yeah. Not... Not the same thing, but we're talking about a requirement to do something, is all. To do something, to be, to hone your skills in empathizing. Yes. Um, without, like, having to do acting exercises, you know what I mean? Uh, a a yeah. lot of, you know, a lot of our actor friends will know, like, about soundball and about yes anding and stuff but not the general public you're right yeah. like that might be sound goofy to somebody who hasn't grown up in a theater minded sense but like understanding where somebody else is coming from gives you that little emotional buffer of when maybe somebody else is being mean to you maybe you can see it from their perspective a little yeah. bit quicker you know on your feet I and keep thinking respond in a in a healthy manner essentially. Go ahead. I Neil. keep I keep thinking there's something to be said for like when you have company bonding exercises instead of doing like trust falls or something cliched like that. Just make the sales team play theater games with one another. Play sound ball. Do a yes and. Do a freeze. Do you know? And one hundred percent, my team does not want to catch me on a trust fall. Right. Absolutely not. Forced no theater games are way. the worst. That's an OSHA violation waiting to happen, Thomas. And not one I'm willing to commit to. I'm 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 the one that's going, are you ready? Are you sure? You got me? You're yes. set. Okay. I'm coming. I'm not taking Wait. that bump. No way. Nah, Thomas, dude. I am not gonna lie. If there was an if there was like an afternoon where we were forced, like you, me, and the rest of the crew were forced to play like soundball or some shit, I would have been laughing the fucking hardest because I hate that kind of stuff. So <laughs> there was a time where I considered not soundball because that one's for that one will make you laugh, but I considered <laughs> trying to have everybody tell a story one sentence at a time. As just like a stupid way for us to be silly together. That's kind of a fun one. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, I, 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 I was fortunate enough to have like an experience with kids where I got to teach and use uh, theater games. Mm-hmm. So kids will really tell you how respond how how adults will respond to games that um, aren't like performer based adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the food came and people sat down and I had it on my list and I looked at everybody's faces and their faces for that meeting said, hurry the fuck up. <laughs> See, you knew your audience. <laughs> so you don't stop them for that. <laughs> yeah. You don't take food away and make them play fit. Make them play soundball. That's the is worst. what I'm saying. <laughs> fuck No. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to give you the remote workforce uh, team bonding exercise. This is the what most. What is it, dude? Yes. Yeah. This what is the is most. It? I'm going to give you the most ridiculous example. Okay, so keep in mind, you know, this was when it was still a family owned business. So the owner of the company sent out 
in the mail to every employee for a big Zoom meeting. Yes. Sock puppets. We Sock? all got it individual Get the fuck out of here. No, individual decorated handmade sock puppets oh they're already made oh they're already made God. yeah we got sent the sock puppets with the googly eyes did and the you weird get a eyebrows. little bale sock puppet no they didn't look Boston? like us they were just they were no 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 <laughs> oh my why because i said eyebrows jeez <laughs> no it would have been so adorable though if everybody got their own like like personalized sock puppet that would have that would have taken too much time and attention to detail and and that okay that's an hr violation waiting to happen let's be Absolutely. honest so so these okay. are mass-produced sock puppets i know they were handmade. handmade i think they were like bought it like uh you know like a craft fair or something but they were all like yeah but they were like handmade but not oh. personalized yeah exactly handmade okay. but okay okay so what we would do as an annual thing is we would revisit and read aloud the company's core values use but they wanted us oh to do it on God. zoom As with the sock, sock puppets, puppets and read the core values and in funny not voices make fun of them this is this is it was mandatory work pro- what is this propaganda bullshit you had to do <laughs> you said prop prop aganda oh, you see what you did there no. speaking of puns oh, dad joke uh, <laughs> i did right, it to myself but no, this 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 was mandatory workplace sock puppetry that that is what it was uh and as goofy Epic. and as weird as it was and it was it's something you're never gonna Epic. forget right nope but here's the hilarious thing nope I won't forget it and i was i'm vicariously understanding this experience one of my coworkers was out of town and did not get the sock puppet in the mail and did not know what was happening. So he <laughs> actually logged into Zoom yes. on his phone uh, yes. because he was remote and saw all these goofballs Just talking with sock, sock puppets. puppets. And he, he damn near oh, lost God. his mind. Imagine just <laughs> logging Coming in cold a- to that. Yeah, a mandatory company meeting. Dude, they didn't tell us the sock puppets were coming. They just told us something is coming in the mail for you, and we want you to have them for the meeting on this date. But they didn't tell us what they were or anything. So I opened the package. There's a goddamn Excellent. sock puppet. I just I want to I want to talk to the dude who just got to like I want that to I want to do that sketch I want that to be a sketch. How do you even write that sketch though? Like like unless you write writing the sketch, try living it on the clock in your profession. How can you make that sketch better than the actual story that happened? You can't. And let me tell you, because there's a lot of you know there's some very theatrical weirdos at this company at the time. So believe me, it was a competition for who was the most performative, the most ridiculous. With what, the sock what, puppet, oh, Bales, no. hit, hit us with the voice of your sock puppet, please. Please, can, okay. You so it was, it was like this, man. I came out here. I talk like this. <laughs> How are you doing? You're oh, oh god, what was that finger puppet? Senor Gonzalez. That one. How <laughs> are you doing? Dude. Okay, so oh, we are god. going to discuss our company policy on work-life balance. Oh no. <laughs> Did you ever play? I was um, fully expecting. Yes, dude. I was literally just thinking. He sounds like the fucking book bull. He the sounds book like the, You got to fix your relationship. <laughs> There's it, the game. It takes two is amazing. And you oh, I played that game. Yeah. Play oh Excellent. yeah, the book. Um, 
Yeah, the but but the book like brings you through the things, and it's some fucking like bad part Italian, part French, almost Antonio Banderas, vaguely European, vaguely, <laughs> vaguely European. European, swarthy European, I would say, swarthy, yeah, Euro vague booking. Is that what we're doing here? Yes, um, I I fully expected your sock puppet to be from the northeastern <laughs> region. I. Here's a problem, lad. There was already a Scottish sock puppet on the bill. I oh, wasn't going to do somebody no. else's bit now, would I, lad? <laughs> oh, oh, no. I... You guys were one-upping each other's sock puppets. <laughs> oh, my goodness, dude. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, know what, I know what we're doing for our next Zoom party. Yes! Dude, this is a podcast idea right here. We should do a podcast with sock puppets, even though it's not a visual I'm medium. So <laughs> are we doing a oh, are we doing a crank anchors podcast? Is that what we're doing here? Oh god, no. Fucking apparently. So anyway, so yeah, so that was that was my ridiculous remote workforce icebreaker. Crazy. Um, yeah. So all all three of us really uh, the primary thing that translates uh, from theater to our you know regular existence is kind of just that first it's ironic you have to listen before you can yes and so we try and like hear the people in front of us we try and pay attention to those around us we all sort of described a different version of communication uh, Mm -hmm. skills and try to like come of empathy as as Bales put it and um, that's really yeah. cool to me. I, I that that was a that that's always been a great part of theater, like relating to others, um, and that like cathartic experience. Yeah, well, I, I think the other thing that that I learned uh, from theater that really does apply professionally, and it's not just theater. This would apply to music or any other sort of artistic discipline. It's that you show up on time, ready to work at call time. As the expression goes, you can't fake showing up, and it it, it lear- you learn that discipline. Bro. You learn the presentation skills. You learn yeah. so many things by pursuing the arts that translate into real life and real tangible professional skills. Which is why cutting arts programs in schools is hurting us as a larger society. But that's a whole oh, yeah. separate episode. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But let's give Bales. 30 seconds on the rant rock. Tell us about it, dude. The the rant rock? Is that what we're calling it? And now... 28 seconds. Wait, what am I ranting about? Arts and schools? Funding being cut to arts and schools. Get on your rant rock. It's a goddamn crime. Okay, look... Uh, I think that not every student learns in the brick-and-mortar academic style that I think is sort of conditioned to, that's sort of systemic. I think you need alternatives to learn skills in different ways, which is why having things like the arts, having, you know, wood shop, metal shop, you know, programs like that where there are tangible skills that you can acquire where you learn without necessarily needing a textbook because that makes you a better learner in other capacities you know and i think sometimes kids if they can't learn in that textbook capacity they don't see the value in themselves of being able to learn and progress and grow and it's a stagnation thing uh can you tell i was raged by teachers i mean you know (laughs) for real for real for real with you bro yeah 
Um, Dan, do you do you feel like uh, there was anything? Excuse me. Stan, do you feel like there's anything that you wanted to add from the theater skills front? It's interesting because a lot of a lot of the hustle that I had was kind of fueled by my love of theater. Sure. Essentially, right? Like I, I always made the joke like, well, I need a day job to uh you know, fuel my theater habit. Yeah, yeah. But again, you as a teenager were sneaking out of your parents' house to go work shows. Most kids are sneaking out to go smoke weed in the park, and you're skipping out on your parents' house to go hang lights at the darkroom. Exactly, because it was a weirdo place to hang out, and it was great. I still Um, think the darkroom, and we'll do a whole darkroom episode at some point, but I I do feel like, just as an aside, the darkroom was the closest series episodes. Oh my God. The darkroom. Tales from the darkroom. I've been saying this for years. The darkroom theater was the closest thing we had to the real life version of the Muppet Show theater. Absolutely. I mean, just the collection of weirdos yeah. and strange acts, and you and I think you did have the two old yeah. men heckling from. If there were a balcony, we'd have it, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was Ira and Doug. <laughs> God. Oh man! <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't name drop, but come on. We're no, here to heckle no, the we're doing that name drop. That that those name drops get name dropped right there because that that is accurate. Uh, aside from Sundays where it was everybody's job. <laughs> Maybe Ira and Pete Goldie. I'm not sure yet, but... Oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Depend- <laughs> depending depending on how many beers in certain people were. Oh, too- good point. Yeah. Or how many, bo- or how many bowls. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, hi-o. Uh, going back to the... Um, question you were asking me uh so i feel like you know having it always felt like two different gigs but they always kind of fueled each other right the day job and the theater job just kind of um being able to like do something that i'm passionate about as a hobby that i might get paid for (laughs) you know that's kind of that's kind of how it is in san francisco essentially a lot of it it was a part of a lot of it was a part of the work-life balance, dude. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you get that set schedule, and you understand what the day job expects, and uh, and when, and you go there, and you knock it out. You so knock that it way, out so you can leave there, at five, right? You go yep. run to that show, make sure mm-hmm. you get it in. Like what a what a life we've all loved it. That, yeah, that is great. And it's funny too because I realized that the um, jobs that like in theater, right? Like uh, I was a former box office manager. I was a stage manager a lot. Um, the the if you only focus on that, you don't get to then see a lot of your friends' stuff, and you don't get to be in a lot of other stuff. So having oh. too much of one thing is so hard. It's like, hard to see your friend shows even when you're not in a show yourself. You right? Know? So being able to like stay creative but working still is is a really another different interesting life balance. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. Um cuz it you know, it's it's hilarious how many of my uh theater like projection managers and and uh tech have uh have 
pretty steady gigs and they always feel locked in because there's just not that many theater jobs out there so true you know like i have so many friends who have told me like yeah but like he's you know it sucks to work here but i can't really go anywhere else it's it's a little bit of the rock and the hard place in the industry with so Mm -hmm. much of the so much of the small theater having you know died in the city quite candidly uh just over and over just so Um, many theaters were consumed by the pandemic in san francisco I'm, i'm curious um it we all get into these i feel like so many people who would be into theater and listen to what you just said would be like yep 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 the whole way through um but we're all now at places where we're interviewing for new jobs excuse me we're all at place now where we're interviewing for new jobs we're looking to re-enter um you know having those steady day jobs that we can commit ourselves to Um, But we all have taken some time, and I know that each of us went through some shit trying to figure out, you know, going through that. And uh, uh, now we're all looking forward and trying to make educated decisions. Like, I have a couple places that I'm looking forward to. I'm uh, potentially changing industries with uh, good intention. I know uh, there's a couple different things going on for the two of you. Mm-hmm. But all of this time with fun employment for me really just helped me hone in on what I want and what I um, don't necessarily want uh, and the places at which I'm willing to compromise uh, and where I find my latitude um, with my agreement to enter a relationship with a new employer, right? Like people get a little too. Uh, one-sided about work and so I asked the two of you um, is there something that stands out for you as a part of your approach in in your looking for what's next for you Um, what we discussed all this work-life balance we discussed our theater skills going into uh, how we approach things so what for you as you look into your next uh, opportunity career-wise um, are you uh, applying now what what's your process how, how are we doing y'all what what do you want to that's a long fucking question <laughs> I, was, I tried to i tried to restart and make it shorter and con- more concise too that's the sad part all right cut this that was the short version yeah <laughs> I, I, We're going to get the King James Bible edition of Thomas's questions. Here, here, here. We'll start this again. We'll start this again. So I got, I got. No, 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 no. Let's go. Let's go. No, no. We'll just go. You don't need to start it. No, no. Let's keep the long ass question in. No, no, no. Let's go. No, no, no. Don't, don't. Yeah. I got a question for you too. What? What's that, Thomas? We discussed a bunch of theater skills translating. We discussed sort of some discomforts and approaches for fun employment. But what are you taking out of fun employment? as you look for your next opportunity because we're all looking for next yeah. our next mm-hmm. opportunity i mean i, so. I think yeah. for me the essential thing is two things one is work-life balance uh and then i'm also looking for my next 
you know, company that I'm at, I'm looking for uh, leadership that has maturity and perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like you even saw it, like just like there's news today where, um, you know, Spotify is laying off 15% of uh, their staff globally, despite, you know, their profits going up. And it's like, you know, the companies don't really love you. That's something you have to kind of learn. Like you might love your job, but the company doesn't necessarily love you in return, right? Uh, and that's something you've always got to keep in mind for any job that you're applying for. I mean, ideally yeah. it should be a two-way street, but the employer-employee relationship doesn't always work that way. Uh, so for me, I'm looking for uh, working with people who, for lack of a better term, get it, you know? Mm-hmm. And who are, uh, yeah, but again, you know, if one of my strengths in, in work is going to be empathy, I'm looking for someone who, sh- ideally management, who shares the same traits. That's that's hard to find, you know, but mm-hmm. I, ideally yeah. that's something that uh, I would be looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's important to know the type of uh, leadership that works best for you. Absolutely. Um, it's part of knowing yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think uh, to to one of Bailey's points, um, what what I would be uh, interested in is a company that kind of has a pl- long term plan. <laughs> like I I, I don't want to get into too uh, specific about uh, previous jobs, but um, a lot of the smaller companies that I work for, they they have an expansion plan, but there's no sort of legacy legacy sort of sort of um mission statement to a lot of to a lot of smaller companies does that make sense yeah yeah absolutely yeah and and i'm realizing that that's my frustration is a lot of the smaller companies like when employees ask well what happens when you're not here and the the you know the mom and pop shops the 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 owners are like what do you mean this place doesn't exist without me sort of deal (laughs) like like you know what i mean you know what i mean like retire when people start asking like well what happens when the person in charge is gone and there's just no like sort of uh, plan in place post that we know that shit can hit the fan yeah. well it, it's it you talk about sort of like wearing multiple hats right and it's mm-hmm. like you know if, if it's not something that's explicitly spelled out in your job description sometimes it's one of those things where it's like oh that's a stand thing you know for for years at an old job there were several sort of nebulous projects that were just labeled as oh that's a bales thing that's a bales thing that's a bales mm-hmm. thing without it mm-hmm. so i yeah and i eventually went to my boss at the time and said hey can i get like a more defined job description where all this stuff is sort of encompassed you know and they actually gave that to me which was good that's great uh, so knowing how to advocate for yourself in the workplace i think is something that also uh, ideally theater skills should lend mm-hmm. themselves to some i think some theater people have a problem advocating for themselves within the course of a production uh because of actor director dynamics and other things mm-hmm. um but that's that's a that's a that's a hill we go down that's a rabbit hole if we go down we're going to be here for another three hours well i i if i if i may interject um would like to say that one of the things that uh i'm taking away from this like time let, let's call it like fun employment time off whatever fun um, employment baby <laughs> 
Like, when I'm not doom-scrolling through Craigslist to just try to make some money. <laughs> um, what I've been trying to really do is work on my mental health and, uh, like, yeah. advocating, advocating in myself, like, what I can and can't negotiate with, right? Because I realized that was a lot of my frustration. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's been a lot of my frustrations at past jobs is, like, I don't even know where to begin to negotiate. I don't know what I'm worth, like what I'm worth financially to start with. like As the great uh, former NBA player turned uh, media professional uh, Jalen Rose uh, likes to say, uh, it's not, life isn't fair. Life is not about what no. you deserve. It's about what you can negotiate. Yeah, uh, exactly. And that is, that is sage wisdom in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jalen Rose. When we come back, the gang hate watches Titans. Oh, boy. Hey, Stan, how much do you love your coffee? Bailey, if I could, I would bathe in coffee daily. Well, whether you're bathing or drinking, our friends at Henry's House of Coffee are offering our listeners an exclusive discount. That's right. You can discover the rich taste of tradition with Henry's House of Coffee, a San Francisco-based family business since 1965. Three generations worth of family. They roast dark, smooth, never bitter coffee. So friends, just visit henryshouseofcoffee.com or download the Henry's House of Coffee app and use promo code WEIRDO. That's W-E-I-R-D-O for a 15% discount exclusive to fans of this show. 15%? I could afford my daily coffee habit now. Experience the legacy in every cup with Henry's House of Coffee. And we're back. Uh, and this is going to be a new segment that we are debuting here on You Are All Weirdos. Uh, it is called... Did you get the thing I sent you? Did you get that thing I sent you? Did you get that thing I sent you? Get that thing I sent you? Wherein uh, one of us will send the other two something that they need to watch. And then we're going to come in here and talk about it. Uh, so this week, uh, I decided, since we had sort of joked about it last week, I thought it was important for the rest of the crew to understand the train wreck that is uh, HBO's Titans, uh, DC's mm. Titans, whatever you want to call it. It is a, a very unfortunate, uh, gritty reboot of uh, the Teen Titans, uh, but all grown up and dark <laughs> and violent as fuck. Um, and it follows protagonist Dick Grayson, a.k.a. Robin, uh, as he has fled Gotham City and become uh, a police detective in Detroit, of all places. Uh, and it's sort City. of Exactly. And it, it sort of picks up from there. Now, the rest of the crew have only watched the pilot episode. It, Titans is something that I do hate watch. Now, there are four seasons of this ridiculous show. I'm still at the end wow. of season three. I don't know. It's amazing that they've drawn this thing out. And we haven't even gotten, like, some of the ridiculous, more ridiculous stuff of Titans comes in the later seasons. We're just going to talk about uh, how ridiculous the first episode is. Um, which, which, by the way, features a, 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 a... We're all familiar with the trope of, you know, Batman and his parents getting 
killed in Crime Alley, right? So this is sort of like Titan's rendition of Crime Alley, wherein there's two rival gangs who are facing off and presumably dealing drugs. Uh, and Robin, without Batman, shows up to break it up. And the uh, the thugs in general are realizing, hey, there's no Batman. We've got Robin all on his own. And they think they've got an easy fight on their hands. And what ensues is a just absolutely gratuitously violent bloodfest of <laughs> Robin just murdering the literally murdering these people uh and at the end he of course drops the the iconic and this was in the trailer for the series where he just says fuck batman i mean yeah wow you're so macho dick dick is so macho that he has killed all these dudes and then said fuck batman uh, I like that you have to do that as like a pseudo Batman impersonation too. There's no other way uh, to do it that he he did it. It's like it's like the Snyder verse on crack. Like seriously, Jesus Christy! And okay, uh, explain this to me, please, Mr. Bailey. Sure. Because you said you read the Teen Titan comic books. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, okay. yeah. So so didn't Dick Grayson become Nightwing? Oh, that gets addressed in, in, in the run of the series. Oh, it does. Oh, oh, oh yeah. There's okay. multiple Robins, uh, and Red Hook shows up, and yeah, yeah. Because uh, we discovered okay. that Bruce Wayne has been grooming multiple children to become Red his Hood? violent assassin sidekick. Did I say Red Hood? Did I say Red Hook? You did. I meant Red Hood. Red Bales. Hood. Okay. Yeah, but you know, drop Red Hood into Red Hook and see what happens. You know. Ugh. God, and uh, yeah, like I only watched the first episode and I can only imagine how st- much more stupid. We haven't even gotten to Batgirl in a wheelchair. I mean, come on, like it's. <laughs> I mean, Oracle is a cool character. Do you ever watch um, Harley Quinn? No, I'm actually, th- that. that's probably a good, you know, did you get the thing that's I sent you? Yeah, yeah, I, I should check a, out Harley Quinn. That is an excellent, excellent uh, show. Uh, and it totally pokes fun at everything Batman. But, like, she... Uh, Oracle is essentially the guy in the chair. Okay. Which is, you know, that trope from, from I guess, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. too. But there's always, like, the researcher guy, the guy in the chair, you know? The yep. guy who has to, like, tune into the superhero sidekick. That's that's kind of the new sidekick dynamic. Yeah, a lot of times in Titans, it turns out that Beast Boy is actually the guy in the chair. Why? Be- he has superpowers that make him cats and shit yep yep but that's that's how they wrote it (laughs) i I don't write the series i'm just here to report on the ridiculousness that is titans but okay uh okay okay so i uh, i still have questions sure so so what's what's the chick's name starfire starfire yeah starfire so is she like a hooker Space hooker. No, she's not a hooker. No. But that's Starfire in the first episode. That is Starfire, yeah. And she's got, conveniently has amnesia in the first episode, of course. Right. So did she like, oh, she has amnesia. Okay. So she, I, because isn't Starfire an alien? Yes, she is. Yeah. Okay. See, I have this whole theory that. Phoenix-esque. I had this whole theory planned out that, like, she inhabited, like, this dead hooker's body, and that's why she's dressed like a slut. 
You know, you know, dead hooker's body would fit right in with the oeuvre of uh, of Titans with the whole, you know, feel of it. But I tend to rewrite plot lines in my head to try to make them better. Uh, so that I mean, was my... I think you've already improved upon with, the pilot of Titans with, with dead hookers. Well, like how, if she were, if like her like how alien often race do... had to like inhabit a, a, a like a body, right? Like she would be zoomed down, sure. and then like it just happens that this dead hooker was like giving head to that one guy in the in the uh, car. That uh, would explain the car crash. That would be the car crash, right? Yes. Like I'm just yep. this is just yep. my theory of what the show what this plot line then, is gonna be, right? Then can, can can you also explain the the bullet holes and the, the gun guys after? Oh, well, um tell, yeah, tell no, me. that's Yeah, is that's, that her pimp? That's her pimp. Uh and uh no Bitch better have my money. <laughs> was it was it Rihanna? It might have been like See, yeah. Uh, I will tell you that, that one moment where where they shoot Starfire, uh, and then the bullet like explodes back on everybody else in the room. Like that's a that's a cool like superpower yeah. kind of a thing. But like, there's no emotional grounding to any of these characters other than oh, we've no. all seen dark, violent shit. You know, Wait, is great. that a superpower if she's an alien? Yeah, she is an alien. Yeah, and she does have powers that, that come along with that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, like, isn't she like? Oh my god, I have to under. She's greatest American superhero, essentially. Like, hey, I've got these okay. superpowers. How do I use them? Yeah, isn't and she that kind of archetype? You two will know the, the these characters better than I. Um, <clears throat> we just start with an explosive child. Yes, with Raven. Her yes, mo- her her mom is trying to take care of her. And then her neighbors are pissed off because um, of all the perpetual screaming. She's just like kind of demonic and she can't control it when she's she's asleep. Yeah. She's just really emo, guys. (laughs) And and like Raven's, you know. Emo is her superpower. Raven's sort of. Real superpower. (laughs) Raven's sort of ghost vision saying, let me kill him. Let me kill him. You know, the. uh, Shit's dark, yeah. man. She, she, she. So she just seemed. So we start with the possessed girl, and then we follow the possessed girl, watching uh, Dick Grayson and his family do uh, yeah. circus act stuff, and then mm-hmm. we land in her. Try like some dude comes into her house and kills her mom, and he's like, "This isn't your mother," and fucking kills her, and then we get to Detroit where this little girl has run away and she uh happens to like land herself in dick grayson's um custody by How convenient. way of mm-hmm. like you know trying to escape uh a person who the voices in her head were telling her to run away from like it was a weird show there was parts of it that were cool to me that that like the screaming to me, the voices in her head talking to her through the mirrors and through the shiny places makes sense, makes perfect yeah. sense. I totally get that. So, and then if the voices in your head told you to kill somebody, and then you, later on you're like, I, sh- I probably should have killed them, like, then the next time the voices in your head say, Run away, like, that feels like an easier task. So you listen, <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. all that stuff was uh, cool, but. 
why are we with Dick Grayson randomly? And then he's already fighting crime, but then he ran away. So, like, wh- why are you running away if you're still fighting crime? And was he fighting crime in, in Detroit now? Or was he back in Gotham? <laughs> he, and, he, he, they, they said that, yeah, they had contacted Gotham PD. Uh, and he's been we haven't seen Robin for over a year. And suddenly he turns up in Detroit taking out baddies in an alley. So Detroit is part of the Gotham like universe only for like the first episode or two of titans yeah but the thing is in future seasons this is the crazy thing they retcon the first season and they all they end up moving the entire show to san francisco because uh, one of the things okay. they don't even mention and they they never do a good job of explaining this by the way spoilers for titans everywhere here in oh, case that please. wasn't obvious thanks um, a lot yeah yeah so so freaking from that first episode would you have gathered that there previously had been a superhero faction called the titans that existed and broke up there's no mention of any of that and then all of a sudden like halfway through season two they start talking about this faction that used to be a group and kind of getting the band back together and going back to titans hq in san francisco which just comes out of nowhere the whole thing like Mm -hmm. the way they retcon and layer this thing it's so poorly mapped out and poorly written and i think for the listeners but but just hang on though dude okay because the way that you're explaining it you're saying it in a way like it's disgusting but i'm listening to that layering and storyline and long-term storytelling and i'm like yeah no that makes sense to me so (laughs) you you sound like a you sound a bit like a hater right now dude I mean, I mean, I am kind of a hater. I do hate watch the show, you know, so I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Because you were a fan of the comics, though, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so and I like is... the animated series. Yeah. Um, one of the things, uh, and I know... I, I know, played uh, Gotham Knights, dude. Yeah, I'm so, a fan. Let's go. Stan, I know you have not seen uh, Doom Patrol. Um, but yeah. one of the things that they did is in so the the origin of Titans is that it originated on uh, DC Universe when DC had its own streaming platform that was very right. short lived. That and a show called Doom Patrol were two of the uh, DC originals. When the streaming service got shut down, it migrated over to Max slash HBO Max, and now there's like multiple seasons of both shows. Doom Patrol just finished its final season, but there was a crossover episode. Um, where uh, the Titans show up uh, basically in Doom Patrol world, only the main one of the main characters from Doom Patrol is played by a different actor on Titans than it is on the Doom Patrol series. They actually replaced that actor with Timothy Dalton. It was a big upgrade. Hmm. Okay. But because of this big continuity error, the creators and the DC people had to come out and say very clearly, yes, there's a crossover, but the series Titans and the series Doom Patrol do not exist in the same universe. So it's, which is like another, oh, well, we kind of messed that up. So now we've lost this opportunity, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Titans is a, uh, it's gratuitously violent. Uh, The writing and the dialogue is really bad. It doesn't get any better. Even when they get to like season three and Scarecrow is poisoning the water supply. Like it just, it never gets better. See, Um, that's the problem with, with it for me is like, you know, I want to get into the cheesiness of it, but it doesn't really feel campy, and the yeah. acting isn't great. 
Like, like the chick, the 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 raven chick was fine, mm-hmm. and the starfire, ch- the the hooker lady was fine. Hooker lady. <laughs> We're just gonna call her hooker lady from now on. I, yeah. Lady, her name sorry. is Corey Anders. Speaking uh, of bad comic book names. Right? Yeah, yeah. We named her after a spice. Yeah, it was... Because she's exotic. Oh. <laughs> or whatever, you know? Just, just bad. Couldn't. Yeah. Just couldn't even with that. Like, when they revealed the name, I was just like, yeah, this should be funny. It's yeah, not Yeah, that's fun. consistent with the comic. Her name is Coriander, in, yeah. in, which is dumb. But uh, th- this is always my issue with DC, is, like, they take themselves so goddamn seriously. Yeah, especially like, in TV and film. Yeah. Yeah, like, have some goddamn fun with it. Like, have a musical sting or something, you know? Like, don't make it this dark and gritty, like, dun, 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 dun. Like, you know what I mean? What? Why is this comic book there's no so fun. up its own ass? Yeah, yeah, comic books are supposed to be fun. And that's the thing that DC always... Everything in DC... It's funny, because if you look at, like, the DC, like, films and, and the TV series, like the Arrowverse and stuff like that, the Arrowverse doesn't take itself as seriously, and it's a lot more enjoyable. And, I've heard this. Yeah, and the I, most I, I successful universe, man. The most successful DC films are the ones that aren't as dark and brooding. It's Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Shazam, you know? Mm-hmm. But then you have, like, Man of Steel and Justice League and they're garbage because they're so brooding and take themselves so seriously and it's like they're trying to like traumatize you by giving you the darkest version of something you enjoyed as a child you know like that just Mm -hmm. seems to be the MO of the DC universe right now so can I admit something go ahead so one of my favorite Batman movies of all time is Batman Forever. Oh no. Like I I have a I have an ironic love for that movie, but I think part of it is because it's so comic booky. Schwarzenegger. No, that's just that's Batman no, no, and Robin. That's, that's not Batman that's Forever. Batman, that's Bat Nipples with Clooney. I'm talking yeah. about Val Kilmer, Jim oh, Jim Carrey. Not bad. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. Not a bad one. Whatever. It's cause fucking Jim Carrey was hilarious. And, so Jim like, Carrey I, is off the wall Riddler. Tom Tommy Lee Jones is trying to keep up and be as crazy as he fucking can with his like he has no idea what Two Face is, what Harvey Dent is. He is just going batshit nuts alongside Jim Carrey. Hey, Tommy Lee like, Jones was getting them checks. All right, let's just be clear here. Yeah, Tommy Lee no. Jones was getting them checks. But like he was having fun with it, you know what I mean? And like Val Kilmer, he's he was solid Batman in my opinion. But it's like this kind of like over-the-top comic book world, but still trying to be weird and gritty. It's that, that's what I love. You know what I mean? Like, give me the camp first, and then be dark and gritty. Don't give me Zack Snyder dark and gritty all the time, always. Angry fanboy, you know, fanfic, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thomas, you have any other thoughts on Titans? Meh. It was okay. I think that's all we need. Yeah, I don't know if I can continue to hate no. watch this one, but you do you, boo. No, no, no one should continue to watch it. It's bad. It's awful. Oh. But, you know, I, if I'm feeling morbid enough, I'll finish season three. There there we go. I, you know? there we go. I, might, I might put on the second episode of season one. Um, there was enough story that I felt like I, I have no clue what the fuck was happening. 
that maybe I'd watch a second episode to see if like I caught on to a storyline beyond Raven um, maybe being a demon. Um, you guys told me that the the that hooker lady was an alien. Starfire, yeah. Hey, you guys called her hooker lady. I was just trying to be respectful to you. <laughs> Be respectful by calling her a hooker lady. Hey, okay. he said lady. He didn't just say hooker. He said hooker lady. Hooker lady. A, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah that's up. That's showing proper respect to the alien hooker. I, I was just, I was just going with what young guys. Yeah, had I believe I dubbed her hooker lady. Yeah, fair so enough. Just, just yes, ending. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you know, aside, aside from understanding, she seems invincible, and uh, Raven might be a demon. Um, but now she's with Robin and Batman's dead. Like, I don't really like, mm. I know those things. So I'm not quite sure how they're all related or are going to be related. So maybe a second episode would tell me more about the story to a point where I could get invested enough. I love B rated movies where you watch it and it's just like, pieces of art done mm-hmm. in a particular way that may be entertaining but not for the reasons they intended you know what i mean like that's a part of the hate watch uh as it mm-hmm. were right like sometimes you watch it and you're like man that was bad acting but but a lot of the times you're like man you can't do shit with that script like yeah that's <laughs> like damn dude you can't do anything with that dialogue like no. It's like oh a bad painting, you know. No, no matter love- where you put a bad painting, it's a bad painting, right? Yeah, I would love to say one other thing too is that it reminded me a lot of the Runaways. Um, okay, remember, is that is that? I haven't seen it, but I know movie? of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, okay. It did remind me a lot of that, but that seemed like the more like fun version. Yeah, <laughs> of Titans in my. I think. I think they were kind of competing comics when they were uh first published so they were you know it was like one of those marvel dc like oh they just came out with this so we're gonna come out with our own version right um so i think they're similar in the comic book world too (laughs) but but the show does seem a little bit more fun in my opinion i i ended up watching that whole thing so there you go marvel versus dc yo Yo. All right. That is more time dedicated to Titans than it probably deserved. (laughs) But here we are. All right. And when we come back, we're going to introduce a segment called I'm Sorry, I Love You. I'm a weirdo. Yeah, I'm a weirdo. People looking at me crazy. I don't care, though. I'm a weirdo. Weirdo. I'm I'm going to give you a choice. We can do your... I'm sorry I love you. Or we can do that other thing you and I talked about. Let's do the other thing we talked about. Let's do the other thing. All right. Okay. So, welcome back to the pod. Uh, We've got a surprise in store here because uh, for the listeners at home, we are catching our boy Thomas by surprise here. He doesn't know this is happening. We've led him to believe we were going to record a regular segment, uh, but we've decided against it because this is a very special episode of You Are All Weirdos. This is going to be the final episode that our boy, 
Thomas is recording from the Bay Area amongst his peeps. Uh, longtime listeners will know that uh, he's leaving us uh, to move to New England and, and start a new life, uh, you know, with, uh, with his new girlfriend who we like very much. Uh, but what we decided to do uh, is we're going to debut a, a new segment. This might be the only time we ever do it. Time's going to tell. But uh, we're going to call this Give a Fucko His Flowers. Now, <laughs> for those of you that don't know, in real life, the three of us have a term of endearment we use for each other. We call each other fucko. Uh, we probably have slipped that in at some point during uh, some of these episodes that we've recorded. But uh, really, what we wanted to do here is just let Thomas know how much we love and appreciate him, uh, how much we're going to miss him, and how excited we are that he is a, a part of this with us. Um, and uh, Stan, do you want to go first or I'll go first? I, I don't care. First. Okay, okay. So, so listen, Thomas, we're going to we're gonna just real talk here for a second, okay? R- real talk, my man, okay? Um. We've been good friends for about 10 years now. And uh, I have, you know, being a little bit older than you, I I feel like I have kind of watched you grow up a little bit uh, and mature. Same. And and I will say, if you had told me when I was 24 and really starting to like work full time in in my career and start, you know, this is when I was, you know, first met my wife and we started dating. If you had told me at that time that somewhere out there, some seventh grader is going to become one of my best friends in life years later, I would have said you were smoking the drapes. I would have said that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, getting to be involved with you in theater and having you become, you know, not just a friend. I mean, you really are part of the family here. I mean, you've, you, you've been here for Thanksgivings and Christmases and you've become, you know, uh, really an uncle to, uh, to my daughter who, who loves you very, very much. Not just because you let her watch your cats, although that, 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 that does help. Let's be honest. Um, mm-hmm. goes a long way, but you know, look, man, um, I'm really going to miss having you, uh, coming over and, and, and watching, uh, WWE pay-per-views with me and my wife. Uh, I'm going to miss because that's fun. And you see that in a different yes, way than sir. a lot of people do. Um, I'm, I'm, we get to wrestling nerd out. Yeah, exactly. Spectacular exactly. about being able to do that in person, man. And, and look, look, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm not doing great with the idea that, you know, one of my best friends is going to be moving to the other side of the country. Uh, that's one of the reasons why this show is so important to me because I want to, you know, the three of us keeping you in our lives in a creative way is something that I think is so just sort of core foundational to uh, our friendship. Uh, and it's something that I think gives us uh, a different dynamic, maybe even a different uh, purpose that comes along with it. But um, you are like a little brother to me. And I, I, I hate, and I, I hate that you're leaving. I totally understand that. I support you. You know that. You know I love you. But um, 
I wasn't going to let you get out of the Bay Area without putting on wax just how much uh, this friendship means to me and how excited I am that we're going to have this show uh, to keep us uh, in contact and working on something uh, moving forward. And I think that uh, we're going to explore some interesting things on this show and and talk to some really cool people. And um, I love you, brother. I'm going to miss you. I love you, brother, and that's uh, part of uh, why all three of us feel like this is important for us, and I'm excited to, uh, the way we do this podcast, you know, I don't get to see your face uh, in person as often, but I'll still get to see your face, and we'll get to have these awesome chats, and um, I appreciate that, man, love you. All right, Stan. Are we, we're going for it, Uh, let's do this. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm gonna miss you, bro. See you later. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sweet. Love you too, bro. <laughs> Love you too, bro. Um, no, man. Um, I I I wanted Bailey to go first so I could uh kind of form some opinions that weren't too teary eyed on my end. But uh <laughs> Too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna happen. Um, you know, I I I don't know if I've told you this, but I always kind of considered you, like, a big brother of mine to where I could be, like, the scrappy little little sister that I always inherently am, you know? So I'm gonna miss my little... I'm gonna miss my big brother. Um, and when you when you move across the country, but I'm super excited that uh, we have this podcast to continue to have an excuse to hang out. You know what I mean? Like, whether anything happens with this... A silly little venture of ours. Like, we have a reason to hang out from week to week, and that's really nice. And, uh, yeah. I'm starting to get cry eyed. God damn it. <laughs> well, I love you too, and since we're going for it, you know, um, you know I, I'm really grateful for the time that we've gotten to spend uh, just doing bonding stuff and silly stuff, but also some of the heavy stuff and the real life stuff. Like two, yeah. the two of you know my things, and I know your things because um, we're we're great to and for one another. And I I know that I'm um, I'm lucky and gifted to have both of your families be family for me um you know your husband has like gone from a guy who didn't talk much unless spoken to uh to dropping like funny liners out of the blue via text (laughs) at me just to like you know have some fun and spice and um you know i've gotten to be able to get to a point with bales with your wife where she drops me fun things that she knows uh i'll enjoy that are wrestling or flautas related (laughs) do not besmirch my flautas (laughs) i gotta try these flautas man bro the flautas um (laughs) I, I'm looking forward to the things we'll get to explore, um, but I'm forever, you know, feel gifted. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll drop this on the pod. We all went and did an escape room and had a freaking blast. It was amazing. Last night. Uh, it was And, and so having much an fun. opportunity to bring it up. We got out 
for those of you who oh, yeah. are immediately going, but did you escape? Yes. We had like seven minutes left on the clock, man. We, we had we, time to spare. Uh, and at the end of ben, this uh, particular escape room, yes, you have to please. stab an undead corpse in a coffin. Oh, and and we had designated. We designated in advance time. that my daughter was going to be the one to do this. We and needed I, the team. She to took that knife and drove it out of this. <laughs> she drove that stake. I thought she broke the plexiglass covering so, the undead, but I really thought she did. Was, she hit it so hard. There was a coffin. We solved a puzzle. The coffin opened. Uh, as well the as shit this, out of me. As, as well <laughs> as this like little thing that holstered the knife, and you're supposed to take the knife and stab the corpse to like end the curse. Like light it up with the... There's with a the, slot uh, for the so, knife to so go. So there's a slot for the knife to go in, but we just had a teenager who was super excited to stab a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and stab a motherfucker she did. Oh, oh my stab God. Stab a motherfucker she, she did. She that motherfucker, Yo, man. She Yo. slayed that vamp, bro. My girl that knows how to defend crazy. herself, man. Oh, Absolutely. Man. Uh these days these days we consider that a good use of unchecked aggression hell yes <laughs> it's it a healthy too, outlet like, i think i think me and z were in the back room while or we're in the final room while everybody else was like in the middle room and we were both just like is anything gonna pop out at us and she's like don't worry man i got this and she's like, <laughs> yeah, she was ready. She was fucking ready Stan, for a motherfucker. Stan, you were the you were the screamer in our absolutely one hundred percent. Oh, she was fearless. She was defending my honor. She, okay, she, she, she was had, defending she your was ass. Respect. She was jumping in between you and the sounds that made you scream. Fuck, man, though I hate that shit. <laughs> I hate that like jump scare shit in escape rooms, but I always fucking do it. Door too. opens and it's like. Ah! Okay, everything's fine, guys. Everything's fine. Let's go to the next one. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. It's a game. It's a game. It's a game. It's a game. I even, no joke, I I mean, this might be a spoiler, but we won't say the name of the room. That that one clue where it's like the window smashed, like I knew it was a TV. Yeah. And I knew it was going to do it. Like, because I tapped on it, I was like, okay, I bet something's going to happen with this window pane later. But I didn't say it out loud. And then, like, we did the thing that made the the animation thing, and it mm-hmm. still fucking scared me. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the best kind of scare. When you know it's coming anyway, and it still gets you, that's the best. Ah! <laughs> it's true. I just feel really bad for everyone around me when they have to deal with me. Yeah, I was one of those people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was sorry. literally right next like, to you when that had, happened. Yeah. I had no warning that that pitch was going to happen so close I, to my eardrums. <laughs> I get startled and really at that easily, volume. guys. But we, again, I said this to you there, and I'll say it again on wax, as it were, right? You got to yeah. learn how your people are for the zombie apocalypse, man. You got to know. Mm-hmm. You got to know what role you can play, and you got to be prepared for the impending zombie apocalypse. It's it you know what I realize is like I it's would be inevitable, the one clearly Well, inevitable. Um but also um I would be the one that would like accidentally like pull the trigger all the time. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just no, be no, startled no. by you, every you, fucking noise and be like, ah, oh god, oh god, ah, oh, fuck. You'd have to be given a weapon that would work, but also not like oopsie daisy kill somebody. You'd get like one of those like swinging spiked balls. So that way, Hell if you yeah. oh my god it, you would like hit somebody in the shield. You'd be like the tragic those- friendly fire in every horror movie. I need one of those like bats with the with the barbed wire around it. You know what I mean? Oh, nice. Stan is, That's Stan is doomed to go. Sorry, <laughs> oh, I, I oh, shot sorry, the wrong guy. Sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean ah, to. That, uh, sorry. Were you a zombie? Were you a zombie? You were a zombie, right? Okay, I think he was a zombie. He's fine. He's fine. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, he might have. Well, if he was undead, he's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember that scene in Shaun and the Dead when it's like they roll over the body and they're like, what's that? And they look out and he, the body gets up and it's like, Mrr. and they're like, oh, thank God. We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> yeah, that's a good moment. Yeah. That's yeah. that's me. Just like, oh, thank God. He's that a tracks. zombie. Okay, tracks. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So in closing, in closing, Thomas, we love you, brother. Um, for the next couple of episodes, Thomas has a hall pass. He may not be with us as we uh, record, as he sort of begins his life uh, on the East Coast and uh, in transit. But I got a road trip to do. Yeah, but we're going to find out all about that road trip on a future episode, and I, I cannot wait to hear oh, uh, the stories Can that are going to come out. Can you Wi-Fi in from some like five and dime cafe on from your- Norman, Oklahoma? I mean, we we can schedule that in, dude. That'll be fine. Uh, I might have to do it via like I might have to do it via the Wi-Fi from my phone in my car while Ooh. the cats are while roaming. the cats are in the back. What could possibly Fuck, go wrong? Yeah, dude. Dude, maybe sixty six. Maybe uh, nothing. Right. Right. I'm all for the Thomas. Th- I'm all for the Thomas Diaries. We'll see if we can make <laughs> that happen. Um, but uh, this has been uh, another mildly successful episode of You Are All Weirdos. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if you enjoy the show or if you have any questions or comments, please send us an email to you are all weirdos podcast at gmail.com. Our theme song is Turpentine by the band Seal Party. You can learn more about them by visiting www.sealparty.com. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you uh, next week here on the pod. Good night, kids. Trusted, never been never been busted. I could be confident and all. Drop a dope rhymes about cats. Kitty, kitty, come play with me. If you want to, you can sit in me. I won't move unless you need me to. Hey, please, do not have to poo. You smell, and we can tell. When you put it in the litter box, it's hell. And when you don't do it in the litter box, that's worse. Please don't do it on Stan's purse. Wow, that was impressive. Oh, you thanks. get that going, man. Like, that uh-huh. was pretty fucking impressive. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>